Good evening. I hope you've had a great day today. Welcome to BVJ's Bedtime Stories. My name is Big Voice Jay. This is the show where we get you ready for a great night's sleep with some old familiar stories that you haven't heard in a good long while. Links to tonight's stories are found at the website bedtimewithbvj.com Tonight's story The Forest Bride by Parker Fillmore There once was a farmer who had three sons. One day when the boys were grown to manhood he said to them My sons High time that you were all married. Tomorrow I wish you to go out in search of brides. But where shall we go, the eldest son asked. I have thought of that too, the father said. Do each of you chop down a tree and then take the direction in which the fallen tree points. I'm sure that each of you, if you go far enough in that direction, will find a suitable bride. So the next day, the three sons chopped down trees. The oldest son's tree fell pointing north. That suits me, he said, for he knew that to the north lay a farm where a very pretty girl lived. The tree of the second son, when it fell, pointed south. That suits me, the second son declared, thinking of a girl that he had often danced with who lived on a farm to the south. The youngest son's name was Veko, when it fell pointed straight to the forest. Ha ha! The older brothers laughed. Veko will have to go courting one of the wolf girls, or one of the foxes. They meant by this that only animals lived in the forest, and they thought they were making a good joke at Veko's expense. But Veko said he was perfectly willing to take his chances, and go where his tree pointed. The older brothers went gaily off and presented their suits to the two farmers whose daughters they admired. Vako, too, started off with brave front, but after he had gone some distance in the forest, his courage began to ebb. How can I find a bride, he asked himself, in a place where there are no human creatures at all? Just then he came to a little hut. He pushed open the door and went in was empty. Sure, there was a little mouse sitting on the table, daintily combing her whiskers, but a mouse, of course, doesn't count. There's nobody here, Vako said aloud. The little mouse paused at her toilet and, turning toward him, said reproachfully, Why, Vako, I'm here. But you don't count, you're only a mouse. Of course I count, the little mouse declared. But tell me, what were you hoping to find? I was hoping to find a sweetheart. The little mouse questioned him further, and Vako told her the whole story of his brothers and the trees. The two older ones are finding sweethearts easily enough, Vako said. But I don't see how I can off here in the forest, and it will shame me to have to go home and confess that I alone have failed. Here, Vako, the little mouse said. Why don't you take me for your sweetheart? Vako laughed heartily, but you're only a mouse. 
Who ever heard of a man having a mouse for a sweetheart? The mouse shook her little head solemnly. Take my word for it, Vaku. You could do much worse than have me for a sweetheart. Even if I'm only a mouse, I can love you and be true to you. He was a dear, dainty little mouse, and as she sat looking up at Vaku with her little paws under her chin and her bright little eyes sparkling, Vaku liked her more and more. Then she sang Vaku a pretty little song, and the song cheered him so much that he forgot his disappointment at not finding a human sweetheart. And as he left her to go home, he said, Very well, little mouse. I'll take you for my sweetheart. At that, the mouse made little squeaks of delight, and she told him that she'd be true to him and wait for him no matter how long he was in returning. Well, the older brothers, when they got home, boasted loudly about their sweethearts. Mine, said the oldest, has the rosiest, reddest cheeks you ever saw. And mine, the second announced, has long yellow hair. Vaco said nothing. What's the matter, Vaco? The older brothers asked him, laughing. Has your sweetheart pretty pointed ears or sharp white teeth? See, they were still having their little joke about foxes and wolves. You needn't laugh, Vaco said. I've found a sweetheart. She's a gentle, dainty little thing gowned in velvet. Gowned in velvet, echoed the oldest brother with a frown. Just like a princess, the second brother sneered. Yes, Vaco repeated. Gowned in velvet like a princess. And when she sits up and sings to me, I'm perfectly happy. Ha! grunted the older brothers, not at all pleased that Vaco should have so grand a sweetheart. Well, said the old farmer after a few days, now I should like to know what these sweethearts of yours are able to do. Have them each bake me a loaf of bread so that I can see whether they're good housewives. Mine will be able to bake bread, I'm sure of that, the oldest brother declared boastfully. So will mine, chorused the second brother. Vico was silent. What about the princess, they said with a laugh. Do you think the princess can bake bread? I don't know, Vago answered truthfully. I'll have to ask her. Of course, he had no reason for supposing that the little mouse could bake bread, and by the time he reached the hut in the forest, he was feeling sad and discouraged. When he pushed open the door, he found the little mouse as before, seated on the table, daintily combing her whiskers. At sight of Vaco, she danced about with delight. I'm so glad to see you, she squeaked. I knew you would come back. Then, when she noticed that he was silent, she asked him what was the matter. Vaco told her. My father wants each of our sweethearts to bake him a loaf of bread. If I come home without a loaf, my brothers will laugh at me. Don't have to go home without a loaf, the little mouse said. I can bake bread. Vaco was very much surprised at this. I never heard of a mouse that could bake bread. Well, I can, the little mouse insisted. With that, she began ringing a small silver bell. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Instantly, there was the sound of hurrying footsteps, tiny scratchy footsteps, and hundreds of mice came running into the hut. A little princess mouse sitting up very straight and dignified said to them, 
Each of you go fetch me a grain of the finest wheat. All the mice scampered quickly away and soon returned one by one, each carrying a grain of the finest wheat. After that, it was no trick at all for the princess mouse to bake a beautiful loaf of wheat and bread. The next day, the three brothers presented their father the loaves of their sweetheart's baking. The oldest one had a loaf of rye bread. Very good, the farmer said. For hard-working people like us, rye bread is good. The loaf the second son had was made of barley. Barley bread is also good, the farmer said. But when Vaco presented his loaf of beautiful wheat and bread, his father cried out, What? White bread? Ah, Vaco now must have a sweetheart of wealth. Of course, the older brother sneered. Didn't he tell us she was a princess? Say, Vaco, when a princess wants fine white flour, how does she get it? Vaco answered simply. She rings a little silver bell, and when her servants come in, she tells them to bring her grains of the finest wheat. At this, the older brothers nearly exploded with envy until their father had to reprove them. There, there, he said. Don't grudge that boy his good luck. Each girl has baked the loaf she knows how to make, and each in her own way will probably make a good wife. But before you bring them home to me, I want one further test of their skill in housewifery. Let them each send me a sample of their weaving. The older brothers were delighted at this, for they knew that their sweethearts were skillful weavers. We'll see how her ladyship fares this time, they said, sure in their hearts that Vaco's sweetheart, whoever she was, would not put them to shame with her weaving. Vaco too had serious doubts of the little mouse's ability at the loom. Whoever heard of a mouse that could weave? He said to himself as he pushed open the door of the forest hut. Oh, there you are at last, the little mouse squeaked joyfully. She reached out her little paws in welcome, and then in her excitement, she began dancing about on the table. Are you really glad to see me, little mouse? Faco asked. Indeed I am, the mouse declared. Am I not your sweetheart? I've been waiting for you and waiting, just wishing that you would return. Does your father want something more this time, Faco? Yes, and it's something I'm afraid you can't give me, little mouse. Perhaps I can. Tell me what it is. It's a sample of your weaving. I don't believe you can weave. Never heard of a mouse that could weave. A tot, said the mouse. Of course I can weave. It would be a strange thing if Faco's sweetheart couldn't weave. She rang the little silver bell. Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. And instantly there was a faint scratch, scratch of a hundred little feet as mice came running in from all directions and sat upon their haunches awaiting their princess's orders. Go each of you, she said, and get me a fiber of flax, the finest there is. Mice went scurrying off and soon they began returning one by one, each bringing a fiber of flax. When they had spun the flax and carded it, the little mouse wove a beautiful piece of fine linen. It was so sheer that she was able, when she folded it, to put it into an empty nutshell. Here, Vaco, she said. Here in this little box is a sample of my weaving. 
I hope your father will like it. When he got home, Vaco felt almost embarrassed, for he was sure that his sweetheart's weaving would shame his brothers. So at first he kept the nutshell hidden in his pocket. The sweetheart of the oldest brother had sent as a sample of her weaving a square of coarse cotton. Not very fine, the farmer said, but good enough. The second brother's sample was a square of cotton and linen mixed. A little better, the farmer said, nodding his head. He turned to Vaco. And you, Vaco, has your sweetheart not given you a sample of her weaving? Vaco handed his father a nutshell, at sight of which his brothers burst out laughing. <laughs> they laughed. Vaco's sweetheart gives him a nut when he asks for a sample of her weaving. But their laughter died as the father opened the nutshell and began shaking out a great web of the finest linen. Why, Vaco, my boy, he cried. However did your sweetheart get threads for so fine a web? Vaco answered modestly. Rang a silver bell and ordered her servants to bring her in fibers of finest flax. Did so, and after they had spun the flax and carded it, my sweetheart wove the web you see. Wonderful, gasped the farmer. I have never known such a weaver. The other girls will be all right for farmers' wives, but Vaco's sweetheart might be a princess. Well, concluded the farmer, it's time that you all brought your sweethearts home. I want to see them with my own eyes. Suppose you bring them tomorrow. He's a good little mouse, and I'm very fond of her, Vaco thought to himself as he went out to the forest. Brothers will certainly laugh when they find out she's only a mouse. Well, I don't care if they do laugh. She's been a good little sweetheart to me, and I'm not going to be ashamed of her. But when he got to the hut, he told the little mouse at once that his father wanted to see her. The little mouse was greatly excited. I must go in proper style, she said. She rang the little silver bell and ordered her coach and five. The coach, when it came, turned out to be an empty nutshell, and the five prancing steeds that were drawing it were five black mice. The little mouse seated herself in the coach, while the coachman mouse on the box in front of her, and a footman mouse on the box behind her. Oh, how my brothers will laugh, thought Vaco. But he didn't laugh. He walked beside the coach and told the little mouse not to be frightened, that he would take good care of her. His father, he told her, was a gentle old man and would be kind to her. When they left the forest, they came to a river, which was spanned by a footbridge. Just as Vaco and the nutshell coach had reached the middle of the bridge, a man met them coming from the opposite direction. Mercy me, the man exclaimed as he caught sight of the strange little coach that was rolling along beside Vaco. What's that? He stooped down and looked, and then, with a loud laugh, he put out his foot and pushed the coat. Little mouse, her servants, and her five prancing steeds all off the bridge and into the water below. What have you done? What have you done? Vico cried. You've drowned my poor little sweetheart. The man, thinking Vico was crazy, hurried away. Vico, with tears in his eyes, looked down into the water. You poor little mouse, he said. How sorry I am that you drowned. 
You are a faithful, loving sweetheart, and now that you are gone, I know now how much I loved you. As he spoke, he saw a beautiful coach of gold drawn by five glossy horses go up the far bank of the river. A coachman in gold lace held the reins, and a footman in pointed cap sat up stiffly behind. The most beautiful girl in the world was seated in the coach. Her skin was as red as a berry and as white as snow. Her long golden hair gleamed with jewels, and she was dressed in pearly velvet. She beckoned to Vaco, and when he came close, she said, Won't you come sit beside me? Me? Vaco stammered, too dazed to think. The beautiful creature smiled. You are not ashamed to have me for a sweetheart when I was a mouse, she said, and surely now that I am a princess again, you won't desert me. A mouse? Vico gasped. Are you the little mouse? The princess nodded. Yes. I was a little mouse under an evil enchantment which could never have been broken if you had not taken me for a sweetheart, and if another human being had not drowned me. Now the enchantment is broken forever. So come. We will go to your father, and after he has given us his blessing, we will get married and go home to my kingdom. And that's exactly what they did. They drove at once to the farmer's house, and when Vigo's father and his brothers and his brother's sweethearts saw the princess's coach stopping at their gate, they all came out bowing and scraping to see which such grand folk could want of them. Father, Vaco cried, don't you know me? The farmer stopped bowing long enough to look up. I, my soul, he cried, it's our Vaco. Yes, father. I'm Vaco, and this is the princess that I'm going to marry. Oh, princess, did you say, Vaco? Mercy me, where did my boy find such a princess? Out in the forest, where my tree pointed. Well, 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 the farmer said. Where your tree pointed? I've always heard that was a good way to find a bride. The older brothers shook their heads gloomily and muttered. Just our luck. If only our trees had pointed to the forest, we too should have found princesses, instead of plain country winches. But they were wrong. It wasn't because his tree pointed to the forest that Veku got the princess. It was because he was so simple and good that he was kind even to a little mouse. Well, after they had got the farmer's blessing, they rode home to the princess's kingdom, were married, and they were happy as they should have been, for they were good, true to each other, and they loved each other dearly. And that old saying isn't true. Nice guys... Don't finish last. Bank, they're the ones with real staying power. Because they're the, those are the ones that you want to have around you. Think about it. In your workplace, don't you have someone who... Oh, yeah, you just smile a little bit more once you, once you know they've made it in for the day? Doesn't matter what job it is. It could be from the stuffiest office to the hottest factory. He's in all my jobs. I've had. Uh, you always know. It's like, oh man, it's going to be a good day. 
guy showed up. He's here. And they just bring so much more to the table, uh, to the uh, to the work experience. They may make the day go by faster or uh, may make uh, an experience just a little bit better for you. So what do we learn from little Vaco here? Be a good dude. Even though you are faced with opposition from your friends, your family. But if your heart is true, you too can win the heart of a princess. You two can be good to each other for the rest of your lives. Much easier to be good than to be bad anyway. I always thought it was. You know what else is good? Spreading the word about this podcast. Be sure to give us a good old review inside of iTunes. Because iTunes likes good reviews. I think iTunes likes reviews at all kinds. But you do what's on your heart. And I thank you for thinking of us. Just for, you know, just for writing a review. Appreciate you. And if you have a story you'd like me to read... Email me, please. BigVoiceJ at gmail.com Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)